From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. We've all heard the saying that you are what you eat. As food affects your body, it also affects your mind. So today we're going to talk about the mind-body food connection. Welcome, Dr. B. Hi. Well, this is one of your favorite topics, food, (laughs) but (laughs) we're going to take it from a different avenue and we're going to make it psychological. So at your suggestion, today we've invited your trainer, Rael Banterpool, who is CEO of Z-Form Fitness in Miami. And he's going to give us expert advice on nutrition for optimal brain function and ultimately for our well-being, including our mood. So before I get to Rael, I wanted to get your take on food and well-being. Tell us how the two go together. Think about it. Your brain's always on. It, it, it takes care of your thoughts, your movements, your breathing, your heartbeat, your senses, everything. It's working 24-7, even when you sleep. So that means your brain needs a constant supply of fuel. And where's the fuel come from? From what we eat, okay? And it makes all the difference about what we eat. So simply put, eating directly affects the structure and function of your brain and ultimately your mood. You know, like an expensive car, your brain functions best when it gets premium fuel. Eating high-quality foods that contain a lot of vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants nourishes the brain and protects it from oxidation, stress, waste, free radicals. That's the stuff medically that we have to really reduce. The free radicals, those are those guys that produce when the body uses oxygen, which can damage the cells. And I'll talk more about that as we go on. Okay, Rael, I want to talk to you now. And that is body image and self-esteem. And, you know, it seems pretty obvious, but you really delve into it and how important that is for the brain and how our, our moods flow and and just how we feel about ourselves. It's amazing. I've always said, if you don't look good, you don't feel good about yourself. And if you don't feel good about yourself, you find yourself not socializing as much as you would. And then when you don't socialize, you become antisocial. So from a mental standpoint, it's a downer. And depending on how far you go along this particular track, you know, you can create other issues. because anxiety, depression, things like that comes out of it. So what I try to do for my clients especially is give them an overall view of themselves. Now you have different body types, which is mesomorphic, ectomorphic, and endomorphic. And we're all built different, but we all can look great for who we are and the body type that we have. So a lot of times when uh, clients come in, I talk about portion. I talk about combination of foods. I talk about hydration and I talk about digestion. And these four areas is what really controls your parents. A perfect example, like everyone's face. You have some people have square faces, oval faces, and round faces. And depending on what glasses you're going to choose, you can't choose the one that will work on a square for a person that's oval. It just doesn't match. So what I really try to do is help people understand how the system works. And then from there, they can make better choices. And that in in turn now 
helps the whole mental aspect of how you basically perform on a daily basis, how you interact with your friends, and basically how you feel about everyone else around you. I bet you you have some real success stories where you've had some big before and afters. Have you ever had somebody who's come to you terribly depressed, overweight, and then boom, you know, it's like a TV show. You've worked with them for six months and they're feeling fantastic. All of a sudden they get that dream job, that dream girl, that dream house. I mean, <laughs> does that actually yeah. happen? Actually, that did happen. It happens more than you think. This one guy also was uh, CEO of a management company and um, stress levels were very high. He was super overweight. He even came to me and says, you know, going out on dates have been tough. And I said, you know what? Okay, here's the thing. And I explained to him who he really is. And I helped him understand his body type. To make a long story short, we end up dropping 50 pounds in this young man. Uh, I end up sending him to Tommy Bahama, which we gave him an overhaul as to what shirts to pick, which one is going to make you look more athletic and the types of trousers that will flow and make you look like a million bucks. He ended up going out and actually buying a new car <laughs> once he got the wardrobe. And then from there, he went on the dating scene and it became very, very successful. But you know, everyone that comes to me, there's a story. And a lot of time, the mental side of it is the issue because obviously where you are right now came from your past experience. So depending on what it was like growing up with your parents, depending on the stress levels, the pressure that was placed on you, your awareness, your interpretation of all of that is pretty much where you are today. So a lot of times we dive in helping the person understand that mentally this is what's going on with you and it basically have a direct effect on the appearance. So by helping them understand what's the order and what's, what's happening to them, uh, we, we end up having great gains. Wow. One day I just want to hear all about those success stories. Dr. B, you also have success stories from a psychological level when it comes to food. So let's talk about that. You deal with depression and anxiety all day long with your patients. What's a no-no food when it comes to depression and anxiety? You know, processed meats which I used to love, you know, like salami and stuff like that. Uh, fried foods, which we all love. Cereals, candy, a high fat dairy. These things, these foods can make us anxious. Definitely one of those foods uh, is packed with sugar. So, Rael, talk to us about sugar. You know, you always hear about how bad sugar is for your cavities, you know, your teeth, your skin. But how does it affect our moods during the day? One of the greatest comparisons I can tell you about sugar. Imagine someone who has been on crack or cocaine. How do they get addicted to crack or cocaine? It's the breakdown. It's how fast it breaks down in the system that the system can't regulate the actual digestion of it. And what happens is it lasts for about 20 minutes. And before you actually get off that high, it sends a signal to the brain saying that I need another hit. I need more. And what happens is you end up getting more than you had the previous time. And that keeps it building. And this is where that whole addicting tendencies come in with sugar. Now, because food is legal, okay, it's not like, like crack or cocaine, which is not. People can go and buy it. They can hide in their homes. They can eat it whenever they want to eat it. 12 o'clock at night, two o'clock in the morning, and no one sees them. 
Meanwhile, this process of addiction is happening because of the high sugar volume in the body. Now, when it comes to food, as uh, Dr. B mentioned, foods that are basically your simple carbs. You got three sets of carbs. You got fibrous carbs, which is vegetables, which breaks down in one hour. You have carbs like, let's say, complex carbs that are pastas, potatoes, rice, uh, breads. Now, if those are white, they will break down very fast and create an addicting tendency as well. If they have high fiber, that process slows down completely. When you get into your simple carbs, which is basically juices, and people drink a lot of juice, when it comes to donuts, when it comes to candy, when it comes to lemonade that you find in the stores, these things break down in the body in 20 minutes. That's how fast mm. it is compared to everything else. If you have a piece of, let's say, bread or pasta, things of that nature, it can take anywhere between four to six hours to break down. If you have a piece of meat, like protein, that takes six to eight hours to digest. So you can see that process takes a lot longer. So the addicting tendencies is almost none. But when you get to the simple carbs, this is the problem. That's interesting. You were also telling me the other day, as far as digestion and breaking things down, that we should consider taking some of our good food and actually blending it because it gets inside us quicker and it's more nutritious this way. Explain that. It's like a transport system. The problem is people don't chew their foods thoroughly and your food, your teeth are pretty much like a blender. Okay, but what happens is when people chew their foods, they don't chew it completely. So the food goes down into the stomach in chunks. Then it goes down into the small intestinal tract in bigger chunks, which creates inflammation. It starts leaking nutrients into the system. Now, when you actually blend your foods, especially after a workout, that food is already broken down already for you. So the body doesn't have to break it down. It can absorb it that much faster, thus getting the effect of those nutrients. Like this morning, a perfect example. I had uh, strawberries, I had blueberries, I had a uh, banana, I put oatmeal in there, I put a little bit of olive oil, I put a little bit of almond milk in there, so that's my protein base. And I blended all of that up. By taking that in, my body basically felt alive immediately because the absorption ratio is 10 times faster. Wow, that's impressive. You know, you brought up the word inflammation and we're hearing a lot about inflammation in the news and how dangerous it is. I've often interviewed um, oncologists and they use the word inflamed states when they're talking about some of their cancer patients. Dr. B, how does inflammation work? How do we, how does a body get to that inflamed state? Science has proven that chronic low-grade inflammation can turn into a silent killer that contributes to cardiovascular disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, other conditions. So we have to talk about how is this happen? Now, it does make sense. Your brain is deprived of good quality nutrition, free radicals, inflammation start to happen. Of course, it gets into the, the brain. Serotonin, which is that neurotransmitter we always talk about, it helps regulate sleep, appetite, moods, pain. 95% of it, it comes from the GI tract. In other words, there's a connection between your intestinal tract with all its millions of nerves and your brain is very alive. And it's influenced by millions of good bacteria that are the ones that prevent inflammation. 
okay? And it helps you absorb the right foods. Now, we know about that Mediterranean diet as opposed to traditional Western diets. Well, you know, the Mediterranean diet you know, is all those un- not processed food, veggies, fish, seafood. And the Western diet, you know, is refined sugars or the staples of our, of our diet, fermented foods, processed foods. So look, what it means to us is this. We got to start paying attention to what we eat because that has a lot to do with how it makes us feel. Not in the moment, but the next day. You know, some people have tried these diets. You know, they clean themselves up for a few weeks and then they feel a certain way and then they come back to it. They really get to understand what they've been up to by eating a a diet that's inappropriate. So I think it's really important to stick to a great diet that's more like Japanese or Mediterranean. Rail, why are so many of us in that inflamed state? And I'm talking about a lot of menopausal women. You know, we get that big stomach. I mean, does it have to be? Why why do we get like that? I don't think we've given enough credit to addiction. Now, when you get into that stage of menopause, that's where the body starts to shift. You know, the body's losing estrogen. The men are losing testosterone. These things are responsible for maintaining our systems. And when our mental state is stuck on what we want, it's making deals that the body can't cash. So what you find is the body end up struggling while the mental side is so strong. And I'll give you just a little analogy. If, if a rattlesnake was to bite you right now, okay, and venom enters your body, you can have as many happy thoughts as you want. That venom is inside of you and it will have a major effect on you until the body can work it out. That's no different with foods. So when we consume these foods, mentally it's in control of us because that chemical goes to the brain as well. Just doesn't stay in the stomach. So it's in control of you until it's ready to release you. But before it releases you, it tells you, how about another piece of cake? How about another piece of candy? How about a little bit of bread? And it keeps that vicious cycle going on and on and on. And then, especially age-related, when you're in that age bracket of, let's say, 41 to 60, the body's making changes. You don't have the same amount of enzymes that you had before. So those enzymes that was responsible for breaking down sugars, breaking down protein, breaking down fats, you have less enzymes on the job for you. So now you have a flux load of all this sugar going into the system. The insulin can't move it fast enough. So therefore here comes the body gaining weight. I mean, we could talk about this all day long, but I I, I want to move on to something we all need to do more of that is really going to help the system in digestion, weight loss, and make our skin glow. And that is something so cheap called water. Why are so many of us dehydrated, Rael? It has no taste. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind everything, of boring. Every, everything around you, yes, right now is trying to add some form of flavor to water to entice the consumer that, hey, we need to drink water. But at the end of the day, I always say it's, it's, it's what you give value to. You know, you have people give value more to their cars. You got people give value more to their homes. You got people give values to each other rather than giving value to self. If you really look at self and you love self, 
again, when you mention skin, I see so many women that go to, let's say Macy's or all these outlets and they go to Clinique, they go to Lancome, you know, they go to all these other facial entities talking about, can you hydrate my skin externally? And the thing is, all they have to do is drink at least six to eight glasses of water per day. Okay. And that will make their skin glow. Also your organs in your body, the cells, the cells is 75% water. It needs water in order to do its job. But what happens is, is that we haven't been taught this. We haven't been taught this from elementary, junior high, high school, even college. So, you know, the least about yourself, you know, more about other things. So what happens is to just don't know the importance, the real importance of it. But a lot of disease in this country, if water was more in the system, it would help you get through it all. So I urge everyone to really go out and make sure that you get between six to eight glass of water per day and you'll see a lot of wonderful things happening. Your hair would even have a little bit more luster to it. And so easy, right? So easy. You don't there. even have to go and buy it. You know, let's just do it. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before I let everyone go, I am going to ask one of my favorite questions. And Dr. B, you go first, because I know your answer is going to be pretty funny. Let's just <laughs> say you're on a desert island and you can only take three things to eat or drink before you're rescued, right? To survive. What would those three things be? Dr. B, what would those things be? You know, because this is a podcast, I'm going to tell the truth, okay? Okay. <laughs> First, I'd bring Fruit Loops. I'd bring milk <laughs> and chocolate, okay? Oh, my. You're not okay. going to last long. I, okay. So that, I'll just, uh, that's, you know, my list, okay? Ray has been working with me for years trying to That's help why me. you need, you need, I need Ray. Ray. This, is, this is why you need him. I need Ray. Ray, what would you say? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> me, I'm from the Virgin Isles. My first thing will be definitely coconut because the water inside the coconut, I can hydrate my body, but the, the jelly that's inside also is very nutritious. So a coconut will be one of the things I would bring. Uh, fruits will be another thing that I would bring on the island. And then since it's an island, I'll bring sunshades. <laughs> <laughs> You see, you're a guy that has a leg up on this answer because you've grown up in the island. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and and this one from New York, I don't know. I don't see him as an island boy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Rail. You have so much more advice to give that we have to invite you back next week. And let's get to your top specialty, which is exercise and how that affects us psychologically. Are you game? I'm game. That's the most awesome thing that anyone can do. All right. All right. What do you think, Dr. B? Sounds good. Let's get into it. Okay. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, Just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.